This is Hashtag Pass the Mic Youth, where we highlight the power of youth activism through stories. I'm Mateen Ma'ani. I'm Luke Sheely. And I'm Nuera Nyota. 2020 was a year of massive change, of Zoom calls and phone calls, where we needed to adapt to pretty much everything. It was a year of demanding racial justice and centering the voices of people of color, especially black voices. It was a difficult year for all of us, struggling in our own lives while political tensions boiled over all around us. All of the challenges of this past year also changed how people practiced activism. We weren't able to gather together anywhere near as much as we all had hoped, but we still found ways to fight for a future we believed in. It's important that we think about how activism changed this past year and how it may look different in upcoming years as well. Through reflection, we're able to learn from our past and move forward with a better understanding of ourselves and how we can make truly positive change in our communities. Reflection also helps us to articulate what we've gained from our past experiences and inform a vision for the future. We spoke to four of our friends who we've already had on the podcast. You might remember them. Amir Abdul, Macy Lee, Cyrus Rod, and Usha Abdahal. We asked them how they saw activism change in 2020 and what their hopes are for youth activism in the future. To start us off, we have Amir Abdul. As a campaign leader for Period, he raises awareness about access to menstrual products, period poverty, and the underlying stigma surrounding menstruation. Three things specifically come to mind. The first being that this generation, we really hold lots of power. And, and when we come together and fight against you know, fascism, when we come together and, and stand, up, uh, stand up against racism and, and these different broken systems, that it's only a matter of time uh, before we make that change that we're seeking. So that's the first one there. The second, you know, it reinforced the fact that I think our voices are much more powerful than we know. And, and that's something we hear often. But I think this year we really saw that, that when we come together as a community, anything's possible. And I know sometimes that's a little, you know, corny to say, but I think we can make lots of progress and, and build a society that, that works for, for us all when we get civically engaged and pair that civic engagement with direct action community organizing. Um, I think that's key. And we really saw that this year. And, you know, even despite last four years of, at least the last four years of so many activists being silenced and having their voice suppressed. Um, in the end, really the voice of the people will, will be heard. And it really showed us, you know, how, how powerful our voices truly are. And, and the third thing being, as activists, many, many of us get carried away, right, by our, our motivation to build a better world. I'm sure everyone has good intentions, right? Um, we're very ambitious. A lot of activists are very ambitious. They want to go out and make a change in the community. Um, but we often forget who we're working for, you know, and, and who we're trying to kind of make the world a world better for. And of course, it's for us and, and, and our communities, but it's it's not only that, it's also all the other communities around us. And it was clear that we weren't really uh, centering the voices of, of people who are most marginalized, right? People who are facing um, these issues and suffering from the consequences of them most. Um, and we we're leaving out, honestly, just we we're leaving out the voices of, of um, by POC, people of color. And I, I think this year really showed us through all the turmoil, everything we went through in 2020, um, it showed us that, you know, by leaning in and really centering the voices of, of the people who are most impacted, 
that we'll be able to build, uh, you know, a more equitable future for everyone. And, and it's going to be better for all of us as, as a society. So those are really the three things that, that stand out to me. Um, I'm sure there's, there's so many things that we learned, but like those three things specifically, I'd say. I would hope that we would have more conversations. I'd hope that we would call people in more rather than, than call people out. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is this, like what we often see is when people don't agree with our politics, when people don't agree with our standing on things, um, the conversation always turns into an argument. Uh, it becomes a blame game. Everyone starts pointing fingers. And that never leads to uh, the outcome that, that we would want, the outcome of you know, bringing people on, or get, giving people the, the perspective that we have into why we think this way. That's not a conversation that's, that's ever had. Um, and so I would love for, would love for us to, to have more conversations about the hard things, the things that we've been you know, struggling with most as a community, as a society, and give people the perspective that we have. Why do I feel this way? Why do I think that this is a policy that needs to be passed, right? Why am I thinking in this specific way? Um, and, you know, people haven't lived your life. They haven't, they haven't walked in your shoes. They haven't seen the things that you have. They don't have the same traumas as you do. And so when we, when we want to see a specific policy passed with their different experiences, they might not agree with us. And so giving them that perspective is key. It's, it's important. And so the only way we can do that is really through, through patience and conversation. And, and I know it's always difficult because it's like, well, some of these things are like human rights. Like you just, you just need to know that, right? And you have a responsibility as a human being to learn and to grow and to understand different perspectives. Yes, 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 that's all correct. But unfortunately, that's not what we're seeing. And so being someone, for example, from a community who struggles from a, from a minority community who's you know, seen the effects of racism, yeah, it's not my fault that these people don't understand me. But it sure as hell is going to be my responsibility to go out there and do whatever I can to make my community better, to stop the racism um, and to really elevate everyone within my community and um, really build a society where my community is a part of it and, and really thrives. Um, whether that's speaking with people and giving them my perspective, or if that's you know going out into the world and and really doing things through through action, I think whatever it takes, um, I'm willing to do. And if that's having conversations and and being patient with people, then um, that's just what we have to do. And I'll be there to do that. We also contacted our friend Cyrus Rod to hear his thoughts. He works with the Institute for Emerging Issues, which focuses on building students' capacity to have constructive and meaningful conversations. More than anything else, I think 2020 showed our society's need for activism. It's one thing to believe a certain way or to say that certain policies should be different, but it's a whole other thing to actually engage in the work that's required to bring about that change. I know I've been guilty of that myself, there are certain obstacles and systems in place that can sometimes seem insurmountable. But in 2020, I as an individual and we as a country that stands for certain ideals have been forced to face issues around global health, political integrity, and racial injustice. 
I don't think we'll ever arrive at a perfect society, but I believe we can do better than we are right now. We can acknowledge and address systemic inequities. We can take responsibility to protect our communities from COVID. And we can begin to shift the tides of climate change to preserve life on Earth. But all of these and any other issue that we want to solve requires collective contributions. My hope is that as full of difficulties and suffering that 2020 was for so many people, we can use it to drive change moving forward. I hope we can encourage the people around us to do this work and to hold ourselves accountable to doing this work. And not just while it's in the news cycle or popular on social media, but as a commitment throughout our lives. If we can recognize our issues and commit today to working towards solutions, we as young people have an amazing opportunity to shape the society we want to live in. Next, we had the chance to speak to Macy Lee, a mental health activist and founder of Telang Delisai, a nonprofit that focuses on mental health for and by Filipino youth. In in someone's eyes, I think the first the first thing you think of in, when it comes to activism is really like on the ground work, you know, like really communicating with people in person and actually doing things and, you know, really being exposed to um situations that are so vulnerable but i think with the limitations that last year has brought us especially with the pandemic you know all of that has resulted online and there's nothing wrong with doing all kinds of activism and like projects online but it's just hard because um i think those things are really meant to be in person like face to face like human to human um i recently read this reading that I had for one of my philosophy classes um and this author was questioning you know has google made us bad listeners and the whole concept of the paper is um why it's so dangerous to rely on the study of epistemology um through media so epistemology is basically like the study of knowledge like how we acquire knowledge and how we basically challenge things that we know so all of those like really deep stuff kind of like an existential whirlpool of questions um and she basically said why do people rely any kind of question just through media and i think that's what's dangerous about activism um i mean relating to what happened last year and how activism has evolved in my eyes anyway um i feel like as people uh r- rely um on the medium of media to communicate what they're passionate about and it kind of just ends there but you know i think that's what people were also saying during the blm protests um i remember some people were like oh don't you can't protest it's not safe whatever blah blah blah, blah. you know to some degree you can protest outside and you can express yourself and whatever but you just really have to have that balance but i think it's totally fine um to do it in a safe way with your masks on etc cetera, etc cetera. so there was this there was a whole debacle about that and i remember reading on it um and what i don't like about it i get the covid concern but what i don't like about it is people saying if you share like this black uh photo like a screenshot or something tag your friends that's enough i remember seeing that and someone actually said that and what really made me mad about is that it's not like an instagram story chain where if you tag people and you use the hashtag you're already an activist and you're already standing up for um black lives 
and it just it just made me so mad. like oh <laughs> I was just kind of I was appalled I was like that that isn't the way it should be um and if you think about it even if I don't post anything like for example I didn't post anything about BLM during that time or any time that matter people can't assume that I'm not being an activist for black lives simply because I don't post anything because what if I'm educating myself through reading a bunch of books or consuming myself with a bunch of um, movies or talking to my friends, people of color, about their experiences and how I can improve as someone who isn't them. So I think it's really important to remind yourself of that. And it just makes me sad how some people have relied on social media as the only way to become an activist. Um, Because I think true activism is you do you have to do a lot of things that people don't see but yeah again it's just real life application at the end of the day that's what true activism is for me just really doing it in your everyday life um and uh people can definitely improve with the whole social media part i think there's been a lot of posts and awareness um on performative activism i'm sure you've heard of that like phrasing like you know, just, you know, posting whatever and stuff. Um, I'm glad that that has come up in conversation because, I mean, I think the more people are aware of, you know, what they're, what can be improved um, can eventually evolve. And I hope that organizations also teach their um, team that, you know what I mean? You know, just like a friendly reminder, like, um, why are we doing what we're doing? Like, what is our purpose? And kind of aligning everything would be, would be great. I just want to get to talk to my team more because I've definitely missed out on how all of them have been doing individually last year. But yeah, everyone's just kind of like climbing through like the mountain, you know what I mean? (laughs) They're just kind of like, ah, but um, yeah, I'm really proud because, you know, everyone has shown me so much resilience. And um, I think by them being vulnerable to me and you know sharing how they overcome certain things also inspire me to do that so yeah we also spoke to Ushab Dahal a university student who is actively engaged in Engineers Without Borders and programs centered around mentoring early adolescents I feel like 2020 for us as like college students have really allowed us to connect more online and to gather and to plan because I mean this year was the year of protests you know and stuff and getting involved and getting involved in a lot of ways where a lot of my friends either if they couldn't do things where it was centered around like group gatherings they were active online, they were sharing materials, they are sharing information about either the election or about the shootings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and stuff. And just doing their small part or other students or like my friends were like talking and group chatting about going to downtown, being part of the protest or doing their own little things in small downtowns that they were living at. And um, like just, this year just allowed that to kind of coalesce where a lot of other years I feel like people were too busy or they could just not pay attention to or something like that. So it really encouraged that. 
It also made it kind of difficult because the traditional activisms that people used to do, which is like maybe mentor or go out into communities that kind of kind of stagnated, especially for like projects I was a part of where we weren't able to meet up and like continue the project because of COVID rules or we weren't able to interact with kids and stuff like that. So there was like pros and cons to both things. But I think the pros definitely outweighed the cons because so many people, like so many people got more involved, you know? I would say two kind of things that happened. First was the shootings and like protesting that because a lot of people, I mean, whenever it happened in the past, they would just come in for support. But a couple of my own friends, like they actually took the time um, to educate themselves about the issue because they had the time and people were sharing enough for them to take the time to do that. And they were getting involved by going to like school meetings where they discuss these topics or like council meetings, like city council meetings where they discuss these topics. Um, I was with a couple friends where at the protest, we were asking our, um, I think, police chief and our mayor about certain things. And then in addition to that, it kind of translated into also being educated about like um, voting when the election happened, like making sure your people like your friends were registered to vote. They vote on time or they voted early where to vote. Like I was constantly sharing information about that and i was really happy that my friends kind of disseminated the knowledge even if they weren't like searching themselves they took the time to at least spread it um which a lot of people kind of don't do in normal election years they just push it aside and a lot of my friends also engaged in deep discussions with their families uh that kind of had that kind of had like a different perspective on things and how this presidential election was like kind of like a lot important. I mean, for them, for their friends, for society. And they took upon themselves to have some courage to kind of like fight against their family and to kind of educate their family, which a couple of them would just not do because they didn't want to deal with the drama. So it was just encouraging to see my friends that show their love or their support for me and for other communities by actually taking the time to have those difficult conversations and doing the difficult task of like educating themselves of realizing what they're doing wrong and then kind of fixing that and then telling other people like hey what they could be doing and stuff like that i think the momentum hopefully will continue because just it it makes me very hopeful that even in a time of crisis right now, uh, where a lot of like sad things are happening and a lot of death is happening, um, people are getting sick and people are scared and stuff. They don't want to f- physically interact with other people. There's still this increasing amount of empathy between people, even though we're like far apart and we're social distancing. I feel like there's more empathy going around because people just... I mean, the negative side of that, I feel like, is because people are just stuck to their screens, you know? So they're kind of, like, forced to be aware. But even though they're forced to be aware, they're taking the time to understand. They're taking the time to to kind of analyze what they're doing and stuff like that. And I hope that, like, this continues where people don't, like, stop, like, looking at other places and things that are going on in other countries and other worlds and stuff like that. 
and kind of encouraging each other, like us encouraging like protest in Hong Kong or in um, India or something like that, and them also supporting us. Um, so I feel like that, hopefully that dynamic between people will continue. And then the effort that people take to be part in like protest or be part in social change will continue. And then also the they still hold the importance of them because youth this year played a dramatic role in social change, but also in the election and in political change. So making sure that they still continue to see their importance in like our society and other societies. And last, but definitely not least, is Nuera, who we all know from this very podcast. Here's what stood out to her about 2020. There's definitely a lot to unpack. I think the main activism that was sort of on the world stage was Black Lives Matter, um, the movement, especially after the murder of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, and um, there was the case of Amy Cooper, and the guy that she harassed, and just a lot of, I think, events that sort of happened close together that were receiving enough attention all at the same time that I think it sparked conversation at the very least. And I think that 2020 was a year where activism became more accessible for people. I think 2020 was a year where activism became more about personal responsibility. I think that that, of course, is a conversation that's been happening thanks to so many activists for many years before 2020. And I just think that 2020... I don't... I, I want to say that that a confluence of circumstances being people being inside due to the pandemic, people having, at least at that time, a little bit more time, quote-unquote, off, though I don't know if time off is really the word when you're in the middle of a global pandemic that is, you know, disrupting the structure of everything that is, you know, stable in your country. But yeah, during people's time off at home, people were able to see, you know, because of social media, because of our phones and stuff, this happening all over the world and so this like access and time to process and all of this that was going on so allowed for a conversation and allowed for a time of reflection I think and allowed for I yeah I think just more so than anything else a sort of a stopping time um where people were confronting things that they hadn't confronted before people who hadn't thought about privilege people who hadn't thought about you know, the connection between slavery and our current police and carceral state in the United States, like these connections that people um, were making were ones that like, obviously, the information has been around for a while and activists have been doing their best to get it out there. But sitting at home, people were like, well, you know, let me order that book that I've been wanting to, you know, that I see recommended. Let me get some anti-racist material. Let me get white fragility. Let me get how do I be anti-racist. Let me get some Ta-Nehisi Coates. Let me get some, you know, Chimamanda 
Adichie, let me get all of these writers, let me get some of these books, um, let me, you know, as I'm scrolling through Instagram, I see somebody has posted a handy infographic, let me scroll through the infographic, let me, you know, and I think, um, yeah, so in that way, I think that personal responsibility and um, personal motivation was higher last year. That's, I guess, the main thing that that I think has has at least for the time that the conversation that you know for the time that Black Lives Matter was in the conversation. I think that that was a huge factor. As far as um, my aspirations and hopes um, regarding act- activism, I think that I have a lot of hope. Um, as bad as, you know, the outlook may be, um, after last year, just, you know, taking everything into account with COVID and, um, no real structural change in our policing system and climate change and all of that, I think that it was inspiring to see the power of the people as people demonstrated and, um, made their voices heard. I think that all the conversations that were happening, um, people having difficult conversations, we talked about that on the podcast, and I think that so many people went through the effort to really connect with people, um, that were on the other side of a divide, um, and I think that that's extremely important, and I think that a lot of activists also got to um, sort of have their moment last year, which I think is great because, of course, I always like to see when activists who have been putting in work for so long or who, or not even have been doing it for so long, but, you know, activists who this is something that they care about day in and day out in a way that, um, you know, other people don't get, get their glory, get recognized. Um, so yeah, I have hope. Um, and I think that, without it there's only um darkness and despair so i think that for me hope is there organically but also hope feels like a choice that i must make in order to have a positive outlook so i'm choosing hope Wow, these these reflections from everyone were super insightful. It really made me, well, reflect again on this past year. There were so many opportunities for everyone to engage in activism and contribute to social transformation. This past year was certainly challenging, but there was also so much learning. We hope that hearing these reflections from a handful of activists can help you grow and deepen your understanding of what activism can be and what it needs to be going forward. We also want to hear your reflections on activism, as well as your aspirations. We have a link on our website, passthemikeyouth.com, where you can submit music, poetry, written pieces, or art. We would love to hear from you and share your thoughts with all our listeners. To end this episode, we want to share a song that we received. It's from a band called The Spare Keys, and this is their song called Equal. Check them out on Spotify and enjoy. 
I've been writing so dang much, it's like I've got arthritis. My mind's just moving with the sugars and the spices. Little bit of cumin with the devil, there's a flavor. Take the homie beat, add the lyrics, made to savor. I'm always keeping it moving, so my life is no bore. My main man, Eric, is providing those chords. Luke, Eric, Shaq, and I, with the bros for And I'm running off the coal like I live in Sodor. <laughs> moving, moving, like my mouth was on the jettison. Getting things lit, like my name is Thomas Edison. Moving and grooving, I'm man, yes, I'm right on time. And I got more rhymes than Nicolas. Odeon's got slime, lay him on the flash and the plastic in the wax. Listen to the rookie, rookie, rookie's cooking facts. The only trash people are the ones that trash people. Why can't we treat each other as equals? Spilling my heart out on a maxle The tape is like the vessel for my lyrical time capsule Fractals of forgotten poems resonate through the spackle The rhythm is painting a picture like in Princess Beach's castle So sip out and break the shackles It don't matter if you're black, if you're white, if you're gay, if you're straight, if you're left, if you're right, if you're cis, if you're trans, if you're Nike or your Vans God loves everybody no matter the circumstance Being the king on this planet don't make you regal No, your net worth doesn't matter, he still made us all equal Man, I'm calling all people, if you're down with the jam You don't need money to be happy, the world factors to sham And you'll feel richer than every single millionaire does If you spent your life showing the people that they're loved If you spent your life fighting with people they fought with you And the money that you got can't go in the box with you What you doing? That payment is pavement, I'm just saying it Playing it back, laying the track and spraying the facts The only trash people are the ones that trash people Why can't we treat each other as... Hashtag Pass the Mike Youth is a product of NC State Extension, but does not necessarily reflect its views.